Good evening, this is Caleb Arend with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you for joining me tonight. Tonight is May 5th, 2020, and this is the makeup recording for Monday, May 4th, 2020, so I apologize that I'm getting this episode to you late, but we are going to be reading from Psalm 104, verses 24 through 35, Judges chapter 19 and 20, Proverbs chapter 14, verses 22 through 24, and John chapter 3, verse 22 through chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, So before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, please bless this time that we have together to study your word, to learn from your word, and to grow in it. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to receive your message from your word tonight. Lord, please lead us and please guide us. Please help us to grow in studying your word and in growing in your word and in your truth. Lord, help us to be a witness and a light that shines before men, that shows your true light, Lord, because you are the light that shines and shines and uh, casts out all darkness, that casts out all sin, all death, and saves men from hell. Lord, we pray that you would revive us. Help us to lead others to you. And Lord, please revive our country. Help men to turn to you, Lord, to uh, be a good neighbor and to love their families and to stand for your word and your perfect will and your perfect standard of holiness in their lives. Please help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds by reading your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here we are in Psalm 104. We're going to read verses 24 through 35, finishing Psalm 104 tonight. O Lord, how many fold are thy works! In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships. There is that Leviathan whom thou hast made to play therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them they gather, thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good, thou hidest thy face, they are troubled, thou takest away their breath, they die and return to their dust, thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever, the Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looketh on the earth, and it trembleth. He toucheth the hills, and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Verses 24 through 30 in Psalm 104 celebrate the Lord in his manifold works, in the wisdom that he has used when he created all of his works, including the earth that is full of his riches, and uh, including the great and wide sea, wherein are those things creeping innumerable, it says. And that's still true to this day. We still have no clue, no idea how innumerable are all of the creatures that have been made by God's hand, and how many of them are so huge, how many of them are so small. There are still regions of the very dark and deep expanses of the ocean floors that have not been mapped, and they... Uh, We don't even know if we've seen some of the largest creatures in that ocean or if a lot of them are still yet to be seen, if there are many species yet still undiscovered in those oceans. Um, The psalmist noting the ships that... um, that go by and how they sail and how the wind drives them or how the men rowing the oars 
uh, drive those ships and the Leviathan that plays amongst them. And this could be talking about the whales. This could be talking about a, a big, big, large sea creature that jumps up and down out of the water, that plays in the water like that. We see that the Lord provides for even all of these innumerable creatures. He provides for every animal that he has created on the earth, and he provides for these animals too in the seas, these fishes and these animals. Uh, uh, creations of his hand. It says, Thou openest thine hand, and they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, though, and they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die and return to their dust. And so even sea creatures are, uh, they decompose even in the waters as they float down to the bottom of the ocean floor. And we've seen that by some documentaries of um, either maybe some like the Great Blue Sea or uh, some of these National Geographic ones. Now, uh, I have to caution you, if you're going to go watch a National, Graf National Geographic or some like BBC World uh, or Earth uh, documentary, then they're going to be presenting everything from the, per the position of an evolutionary standpoint, which is anti-biblical, and so I would not recommend them for that aspect, but there are some amazing pictures and videos that have been achieved and uh, recorded by some of these people that have been able to go to some of the depths of the sea and to some of the locations of the seas that we haven't been able to go before, and it's just amazing the creation that God has made. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, thou renewest the face of the earth. And so in verses 31 through 35 then, after the psalmist has recognized all of the amazing works of God, God's hand, he recognizes the glory of God, and the glory of God shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. And so his works are to glorify himself, and his works are also for us to be able to see his creativity, his majesty, his wonder, and to glorify him because of all of his wonder. He looketh on the earth and it trembleth. So even a look from God causes the earth to tremble and to quake. He toucheth the hills and they smoke. And we see that uh, as the Lord came down in a thick cloud to cover Mount Sinai when God met Moses upon the top of the mountain. We see that uh, God, even when he sends lightning out, he makes the mountains themselves to burn up and smoke because they cannot stand his very presence. God is so massively powerful and overpowering in wonder and glory that his creation, if he would manifest himself in it, would not be able to withstand the presence of his holiness and his glory. Then in verses 33 and 34, the psalmist writes, I, that I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. And we should take that kind of meditation, that kind of position in our lives as well, that every day we're waking up and we're singing unto the Lord, that we are praising his holy and wonderful name, that we are praising all the works that he has done because they are all good, and that we will meditate on him, on his goodness, his sweetness, all that he has provided for us, every opportunity that he has given us in this life to worship him and to tell others about him. I will be glad in the Lord. Amen and amen to that. 
Then verse 35 says, let the sinners be consumed out of the earth and let the wicked be no more. At some point, this will be fulfilled. And so this could be a prophetic position or it could be a prayer or petition of the psalmist to the Lord for all those that do wickedly, that rebel and reject the Lord, that say that there is no God or that say that he doesn't care about his creation and they do their own thing and use that to justify their own evil actions. Let them be consumed out of the earth let they be removed and no more so that all the earth can be filled with those that will serve and love the Lord. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. And we should continually praise the Lord each day. Let's turn to the book of Judges. We're going to read from Judges chapters 19 and 20 tonight. And Judges 19 says, And it came to pass in those days, when there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim, who took to him a concubine out of Bethlehem Judah. And his concubine played the whore against him, and went away from him unto her father's house to Bethlehem Judah, and was there four whole months. And her husband arose, and went after her, to speak friendly unto her, and to bring her again, having his servant with him, and a couple of asses. And she brought him into her father's house, and when the father of the damsel saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. And his father-in-law, the damsel's father, retained him, and he abode with him three days, so they did eat and drink and lodged there. And it came to pass on the fourth day, when they arose early in the morning, that he rose up to depart. And the damsel's father said unto his son-in-law, Comfort thine heart with the morsel of bread, and afterward go your way. And they sat down, and did eat and drink, both of them together. For the damsel's father had said unto the man, Be content, I pray thee, and tarry all night, and let thine heart be merry. And when the man rose up to depart, his father-in-law urged him, therefore he lodged there again. And he arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart, and the damsel's father said, Comfort thine heart, I pray thee. And they tarried until afternoon, and they did eat, both of them. And when the man rose up to depart, he and his concubine and his servant, his father-in-law, the damsel's father, said unto him, Behold, now the day draweth toward evening. I pray you, tarry all night. Behold, the day groweth to an end. Lodge here, that thine heart may be merry, and tomorrow get you early on your way, that thou mayest go home. But the man would not tarry that night, but he rose up and departed, and came over against Jebus, which is Jerusalem. And there were with him two asses saddled, his concubine also was with him. And when they were by Jabus, the day was far spent, and the servant said unto his master, Come, I pray thee, and let us turn in into this city of the Jebusites, and lodge in it. And his master said unto him, We will not turn aside hither into the city of a stranger that is not of the children of Israel. We will pass over to Gibeah. And he said unto his servant, Come, and let us draw near to one of these places to lodge all night in Gibeah or in Ramah. And they passed on, and went their way, and the sun went down upon them when they were by Gibeah, which belongeth to Benjamin. And they turned aside thither to go in and to lodge in Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat him down in a street of the city, for there was no man that took them into his house to lodging. And behold, there came an old man from his work out of the field at even, which was also of Mount Ephraim, and he sojourned in Gibeah. But the men of the place were Benjamites. And when he had lifted up his eyes, he saw a wayfaring man in the street of the city. And the old man said, Whither goest thou, and whence comest thou? And he said unto him, We are passing from Bethlehem Judah toward the side of Mount Ephraim. From thence am I. And I went to Bethlehem Judah, but I am now going to the house of the Lord, and there is no man that receiveth me to house. Yet there is both straw and provender for our asses, and there is bread and wine also for me and for thy handmaid, and for the young man which is with thy servants, there is no want of anything. And the old man said, Peace be with thee, howsoever, let all thy wants lie upon me, only lodge not in the street. 
So he brought him into his house, and gave provender unto the asses, and they washed their feet, and did eat and drink. Now as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about, and beat at the door, and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house, that we may know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them, and said unto them, Nay, my brethren, nay, I pray you, do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is come into mine house, do not this folly. Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them I will bring out now, and humble ye them, and do with them what seemeth good unto you. But unto this man do not so vile a thing. But the men would not hearken to him. So the man took his concubine, and brought her forth unto them. And they knew her, and abused her all the night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day, and fell down at the door of the man's house, where her lord was, till it was light. And her lord rose up in the morning, and opened the doors of the house, and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house, and her hands were upon the threshold. And he said unto her, Up, and let us be going. But none answered. Then the man took her up upon an ass, and the man rose up, and gat him unto his place. And when he was come into his house, he took a knife, and laid hold on his concubine, and divided her, together with her bones, into twelve pieces, and sent her into all the coasts of Israel. And it was so, that all that saw it said, There was no such deed done, nor seen, from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak your minds. Chapter 20 then all the children of Israel went out, and the congregation was gathered together as one man from Dan even to Beersheba, with the land of Gilead unto the Lord in Mizpeh. And the chief of all the people, even of all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, four hundred thousand footmen that drew sword. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel were gone up to Mizpeh. Then said the children of Israel, Tell us, how was this wickedness? And the Levite, the husband of the woman that was slain, answered and said, I came into Gibeah that belongeth to Benjamin, I and my concubine to lodge. And the men of Gibeah rose against me, and beset the house round about upon me by night, and thought to have slain me, and my concubine have they forced that she is dead. I took my concubine, and cut her in pieces, and sent her throughout all the country of the inheritance of Israel, for they have committed lewdness and folly in Israel. Behold, ye are all children of Israel, give here your advice and counsel. And all the people arose as one man, saying, We will not any of us go to his tent, neither will we any of us turn into his house. But now this shall be the thing which we will do to Gibeah. We will go up by lot against it, and we will take ten men of an hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, and an hundred of a thousand, and a thousand out of ten thousand, to fetch victual for the people, that they may do when they come to Gibeah of Benjamin, according to all the folly that they have wrought in Israel. So all the men of Israel were gathered against against the city, knit together as one man. And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What wickedness is this that is done among you? Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death, and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities unto Gibeah to go out to battle against the children of Israel. And the children of Benjamin were numbered at that time out of the cities twenty and six thousand men that drew sword beside the inhabitants of Gibeah, which were numbered seven hundred chosen men. Among all these people there were seven hundred chosen men left-handed. Every one could sling stones at an hairbreadth and not miss. 
And the men of Israel beside Benjamin were numbered four hundred thousand men that drew sword. All these were men of war. And the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God, and asked counsel of God, and said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. And the children of Israel rose up in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin. And the men of Israel put themselves in array to fight against them at Gibeah. And the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed down to the ground of the Israelites that day twenty and two thousand men. And the people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves and sent their battle again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even, and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin my brother? And the Lord said, Go up against him. And the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day, and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel again eighteen thousand men. All these drew the sword. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came unto the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the children of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin my brother, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into thine hand. And Israel set liars in wait round about Gibeah. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day, and put themselves in array against Gibeah as at other times. And the children of Benjamin went out against the people, and were drawn away from the city, and they began to smite of the people, and kill, as at other times in the highways, of which one goeth up to the house of God, and the other to Gibeah in the field, about thirty men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said, They are smitten down before us as at the first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee, and draw them away from the city unto the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place and put themselves in array at Baal Tamar. And the liars in wait of Israel came forth out of their places, even out of the meadows of Gibeah. And there came against Gibeah ten thousand chosen men out of all Israel. And the battle was sore, but they knew not that evil was near them. And the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel. And the children of Israel destroyed of the Benjamites that day twenty and five thousand and an hundred men. All these drew the sword. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were smitten, for the men of Israel gave place to the Benjamites, because they trusted unto the liars in wait which they had set beside Gibeah. And the liars in wait hasted and rushed upon Gibeah, and the liars in wait drew themselves along and smote all the city with the edge of the sword. Now there was an appointed sign between the men of Israel and the liars in wait that they should make a great flame with smoke rise up out of the city. And when the men of Israel retired in the battle, Benjamin began to smite and kill of the men of Israel about thirty persons, for they said, Surely they are smitten down before us, as in the battle. But when the flame began to arise out, up out of the city with a pillar of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them, and behold, the flame of the city ascended up to heaven. And when the men of Israel turned again, the men of Benjamin were amazed, for they saw that evil was come upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel unto the way of the wilderness. But the battle overtook them, and them which came out of the cities they destroyed in the midst of them. Thus they enclosed the Benjamites round about, and chased them, and trod them down with ease over again. 
against Gibeah toward the sun rising. And there fell of Benjamin eighteen thousand men, all these were men of valor. And they turned and fled toward the wilderness, unto the rock of Ramon, and they gleaned of them in the highways five thousand men, and pursued hard after them unto Gidom, and slew two thousand men of them. So that all which fell that day of Benjamin were twenty and five thousand men that drew sword, all these were men of valor. But six hundred men turned and fled to the wilderness unto the rock Ramon, and abode in the rock Ramon four months. And the men of Israel turned again upon the children of Benjamin, and smote them with the edge of the sword, as well the men of every city, as the beast, and all that came to hand. Also they set on fire all the cities that they came to. Here in Judges chapter 19 and 20, this is one of the most difficult stories in the Bible to read about. One of the most difficult histories to talk about and to read from and to study because of the apostasy of Israel, because of the wickedness that as every man was doing what was right in his own eyes, so many men were doing evil in God's eyes and evil by sin, and they were excusing or approving of it. and. Sometimes even their very tribes were defending them even when they were doing that evil and wickedness. In this story, we see that a Levite has a concubine. This is not his official wife, but it is uh, almost like a girlfriend today that he would pay for, that he would keep, but he was not officially married to her. And so his concubine leaves and was upset with him and goes back to their, her father's house. He goes and he um, uh, talks smoothly and nicely to her and she begins to come back with him. And the, the father-in-law uh, keeps them for five days by continually offering food unto them and say, stay, stay, uh, have dinner with us, have breakfast with us, join with us. And so um, at the end of the fifth day, it's in the afternoon, it's getting towards evening, and the man decides, okay, I can't stay any longer, we have to go. And so this is a Levite. This is a man that was, he even said that he was going to serve at the house of the Lord. And so he should have known better. He should have been wiser than this, not to take a concubine to uh, his house, not to, uh, but to, if he, she was really worth it, to marry her and have an official good marriage. But like I said, every man was doing what was just right in his own eyes, not listening to the Lord's commandments. So his servant says, let's go to the Jebus city, the city of the Jebusites. But his he decides that, we're no, we'll go to a city that the children of Israel live in. We'll go to Gibeah. And when they're there, they don't have anybody to let them in and to shelter them from the either the cold or the, the weather or possibly even evil men, as we'll see in the streets. And so an old man that's coming in from the field offers them to stay in his house with him. They go to this house, and men of Belial, men that are so wicked that they don't want to just rape women, they want to re rape men as well. Uh, they come to this house, and they tell the owner of the house, and they are starting to beat on the door, demanding that he come out, demanding that they give up this man to them. And the man instead, off, uh, the owner of the house offers his own uh, child, his own daughter to them, but the man, the uh, Levite, uh, throws out his concubine and gives her to them, but shuts in the door, and then we see he goes to sleep, and he doesn't even care uh, so much as to stay up and wait and wonder what 
is happening to his concubine. That's how much we see that uh, there was empathy in these days, uh, of at least of this man. And then in the morning, he comes out and finds that she had been abused all night, and she had fallen down dead at the doorstep. So then he takes her body, and he cuts her body into 12 different pieces, sends them to all the different tribes of Israel. They all gather, at the elders gather together, and they decide that the these evil men from Gibeah must be punished for this. And so they go to and they gather um, a certain number of men and they say that some will go and they'll get provisions for us while others will all go to the city and will demand of the Benjamites that they bring forth these evil men. The tribe of Benjamin gather all of their men all to Gibeah, all the men of war throughout the tribe of Benjamin and they defend their city in Gibeah and they refuse to hand over the evil men that are guilty of this. And then we see that the tribe of Benjamin fights from the city of Gibeah and the rest of the tribes of Israel set themselves in array and they go up to the ark and to the house, the tabernacle of the Lord, and they ask, who shall go up first? They don't ask, hey, do we have a right relationship with you? They don't ask, hey, will you deliver them up into our hands? No, they ask, who will go up first? And so God tells Judah to go up first in battle. The uh, tribe of Judah, as well as the other tribes of Israel, are smitten that first day, and many, uh, 22,000 men die that first day. Uh, they uh, go up a second day, and 18,000 are killed that day. They finally, they uh, repent before the Lord. They uh, fast the entire day. They offer offerings unto the Lord and sacrifices unto the Lord to try to restore a semblance of a right relationship with God finally. And then the Lord tells them, yes, you can go up now. I will deliver them into your hand. Now that you are finally trying to establish a right relationship with me to follow after my commandments and in obedience and trying to follow after at least some of the holiness of the relationship that I want you to be in. And so they uh, that day, they set liars in wait, and so when the men of Gibeah rush out, then the liars in wait, after all the men had gone by, then they go to the city, and they smite it, and they set it on fire. Then the men of Israel turn, and instead of continuing to run away, they hit, they smite the men of Gibeah, and the men of Benjamin then, and it says after that, after this that uh, they smite every city of the Benjamites as well, so that there's only 600 of them left living now, for four months in the rock, Ramon. And that's where we're leaving off in the book of Judges until tomorrow. Now we're turning to the book of Proverbs, chapter 14. We're going to read verses 22 through 24. Verse 22 says, Do they not err that devise evil? But mercy and truth shall be to them that devise good. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. So in verse 22, we see the comparison between those that do evil. Do they not err? And yes, they do. But mercy and truth shall be to them that devise good. Those that plan to do good and follow through with that, mercy and truth shall follow them. In labor, there is profit. So we can know that when we put our mind and our body and our action to work towards something in a goal of achieving it, there is profit in that. But the talk of lips, those that only talk of doing anything, but they never follow through on it, tendeth only to penury. Those words 
um, don't like follow through when you don't follow through with actual action behind them to accomplish the goal and the talk of, that has been said. The crown of the wise is their riches. And so those that uh, put their plans and their talk and their actions into full fruition, the, that, the crown of that wisdom, the crown of those that choose and make right decisions and follow after God well and after his direction and wisdom, their crown shall be those riches that are shown of what they have done to achieve or to be rewarded by them, whether that those are riches that are currently in this present earth that are stores of choice food and oil to provide for their family, or whether those are riches that are laid up in heaven that we shall see that have been everything that has been done for the Lord and for his work. But we also see that comparison here that the foolishness of fools is folly. And folly is defined as a lack of good sense. And so these this foolishness of the fools is that they just constantly are making the wrong decisions and bad decisions. Okay, now we're going to read from the book of John verse uh, chapter 3, verse 22 through chapter 4, verse 4. And it says, After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Aenon, near to Salim, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing, except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness, that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Chapter 4 When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Here in this last part of John chapter 3, we see John the Baptist making some statements about the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the condition and the circumstances that Jesus and his disciples were in the land of Judea, and also John was near Anon, near to Salim. And archaeologists aren't exactly sure where this location is, but it they think that it is uh, north of the northern half of the distance between the Sea of Galilee and between the Dead Sea. And so it's it might be closer to the Galilean region along the Jordan River. 
Now, some of John's disciples come to him and they tell him that Jesus and his disciples were also baptizing people and they were baptizing more than John. And so his disciples were worried about his following, but John was not worried about this. We see his heart and his dedication to the Lord and to his message saying that he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, talking about Jesus and how the bride is though, uh, are those that believe on him and that are his church. But the friend of the bridegroom, speaking of himself, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. He was just rejoicing that Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, was come to earth, and that we were now hearing him. He must increase, but I must decrease. What a statement that the Lord, those that follow him, he... He must increase. They must follow after him. That's their way to be saved. But I must decrease. I can't save anyone. I'm not the Messiah. And he uh, even reminds them that they bear him witness about that, that he, John, was not the Christ. John also makes some amazing declarations and statements about the Christ, that he that he received the testimony of God, that he received the very words of God, that he was speaking the very words of God, that he was come from above. From above. He that's uh, from the earth is earthly, but he, Jesus Christ, that is from above, he is of heaven. He is from above, and he has brought that to us. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. And so God the Father has given Jesus Christ, God the Son, glory and honor and praise in all things. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. What an amazing declaration that those that believe on Jesus Christ have everlasting life. Present tense, not future tense, but present tense. And he that believeth not, sadly, we also sh uh, see here that shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And this is wrath that God is not choosing that he is going to destroy them because he does not like them. This is wrath that people are choosing to bear on their own shoulders because they are rejecting the very Son of God that has come to the world to pay the price for their sins, to offer them free and eternal life, to offer them uh, guiltlessness, sinlessness, to offer them the very righteousness that he has brought into the world that when they are born again, as we saw in the last chapter, chapter, when they are born again in their spirit, when they are made new by God from their in, from their spirit out, then he gives them his righteousness as well. But we should also make sure that we know that we are warning people that the wrath of God abides on them if they reject the Lord Jesus Christ. We should warn them of a real and perilous hell. I don't want anyone to go to hell, not even my worst enemy, if I had a worst enemy, I would not want anyone to go to hell. And friend, let's remember that. We should spread the gospel of Christ to see people saved from hell. Friend, it's been a wonderful blessing to study the word of God with you today. If you have any praises or prayer requests, please send them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com. I'll be sure to pray with you for those, and I'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk With God podcast.